Hey, all you nerds out there in Nerdland, this is David. And this is Tim. And we're from Johnny Has the Keys podcast, a podcast where horror and sci fi shape our lives. You're listening to Josh and Tyler of the 30 and Nerdy podcast, where they discuss, debate, and break it down with nerd culture and the nerds that reside there. If you like listening to these guys, consider coming over to the dark side with us on your favorite podcast platform of choice. Cheers to you, nerds, and don't forget your keys. It's time to get nerdy. It's the 30 and Nerdy Podcast with your hosts, Josh Davis and Tyler McDaniel. Brought to you by Advertising Expressions, Encore Theatrical Company, Freddy Cat Productions. 30 and Nerdy is a next wave podcast and a bad cast company production. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join the conversation using the hashtag 30 and Nerdy Pod. Find us in the Pod Nation on Podchaser.com and rate this episode. Got something to say? Let us know. Email us at 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. Cheers to you, nerds. And now your hosts, Josh Davis and Tyler McDaniel. and nerdettes this is the podcast where everyone knows your name salute cheers to ya i'm josh and i'm tyler and this is 30 and nerdy and we are uh coming at you a little differently now the good old jd is coming at you from the fortress of nerditude and yours truly the duke of nerdlich the sire of the nerdy south the sweet tea of nerd philosophy. That's right. I am coming at you from my brand new built layer. They didn't have a layer ready for me, so I had to build my own. And I have dubbed it Nerdmore Manor. Wow. Yes. I'm blown away by this. Yes. That was extraordinary. I have been working very hard on this place, and. I was a little upset that Atlanta didn't have something ready for me, but... Um, they didn't get you know. the, the memo I sent? I mean, come on. Apparently Mr. they didn't. Mr. Big Deal's on the way down there. You gotta, yeah. you know, prepare. Yeah, of course. Of course. And and I love that I am still joined by my co-host, the Nerdorious JLD, the PhD of Nerdology, Dr. Davis himself, Sergeant Sound Effect. Oh-oh-oh-oh-oh-oh-oh-oh-oh-oh-oh-oh-oh-oh-oh-oh-oh-oh-oh-oh-oh-oh-oh-oh-oh-oh-oh-oh-oh-oh-oh-oh-oh-
What what a way to kick things off today. I don't know. I almost this is got be very interesting. I, I almost got choked on my first refreshing sip of my cherry coke. Yeah. And forgot my name for a minute. And then <laughs> here you are <laughs> doing your thing. You know, one of the kids gave me a hard time about the cherry coke the other day. I can't really? remember who it was. Yeah. Mm. We got a lot of Fell listeners him. from uh, my middle school. So. Gotcha. Well, hello, up, Lincoln fellas? Heights Middle School. Yeah. Well, uh, we are doing things a little different. If you have not uh, been up to date with the uh, news surrounding these nerds, um, I, myself, Tyler, have made the move to Atlanta to uh, pursue some dreams before I get too old. Uh, and uh, Dr. Davis himself had to stay behind in Morristown and hold down the fortress. So um, until further notice, this is how things are going to be, kids. Uh, it's so different. It is different, but it, it, it is a fun little journey. I have a lot more room now, though. Kind of have I'm the sure whole, you're enjoying that. The whole desk to myself now, I can... You know, set some pops up here to look at while I listen to you jammer <laughs> yeah. on about stuff. Yeah. It's kind of nice. Sure. Just don't get no, distracted. Well, I am staring straight at the TV. This could be dangerous. <laughs> so I'll have to find some way to, <laughs> to keep that from happening. But the real question here is, okay, now that you've, you've moved and you're not here in the fortress, are you cracking open a nice, cool, refreshing cherry Coke? Or I um I I may have made the switch to uh diet coke. Um because I'm I'm pursuing some dreams here, you know. I uh so I don't need all the sugar. Um I'm, I'm I I have made the switch to diet. Uh I know. Wow. I know. You know, they um, say that the, the diet stuff will actually kill you quicker than the... It the, is. The I would stuff. imagine so, uh, because it's got all that, uh, what's it, aspartame? Is that what it's got in it? Yeah, I guess. That's what they say. <laughs> but, um, man, how you how, how you been? How, 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 what's up, Doc? <laughs> well, I've been uh, building a boat. Because it has been raining nonstop here in East Tennessee. We had uh, schools closed today, mm-hmm. Tuesday, and uh, actually closed last week as well for That's uh, crazy for the rain and everything. So uh, it's it's been very wet here, That's here at home. Uh, how about how about you? How does it feel to be um, in hot Atlanta? It's uh, it's nice. Uh, you know, I hope it's not a bad omen. But we were. So my parents decided to help me out with the, with the move. They only live two hours from here, about an hour and a half in uh, Lafayette, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, now, so they were like, "Well, you know, since you need to take some stuff instead of coming back in a couple weeks to get some things, why don't Dad help you with the truck and you can drive your car?" And I was going to meet Mom at their exit in Lafayette, and she was going to ride the rest of the way with me to Logan's house, and. uh so I, we pull off at their exit. She leaves her car um, at the Lafayette exit, and I'm pulled in behind her at this gas station, just waiting for her to get out. I uh, I look down for a split second to uh, turn the uh, heat down a little bit, and all of a sudden I I, I get hit. A what? a sports car of some sort looked like a little Fiat. Uh, 
was looking at their phone while they were backing out of the gas station. No way. Hit me on my side. Um, luckily, there were police officers there to witness the whole thing. Oh, good. So uh, we traded insurance, and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, there's a nice, nice dent and gash on my driver's side of the door wow. of my beautifully just bought uh, Chrysler 200. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I was like, this has got to be a good omen, right? It's like rain on yeah. your wedding day. Yeah. Surely this is a good omen. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty interesting. Uh, other than that, it's been uh, today it's been raining off and on, but it's 70 here, 70 degrees here. That's insane. Yeah, just traveling four hours, the difference in weather is crazy. So let's refresh the people's memories. What did we talk about last week? Now, last week we discussed the top 20 video games by sales of the past decade, and it was titled The Decade of the War Games. It was pretty fun. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, Learned a little bit. I enjoyed bit. it. We talked yeah. about some some stuff from the previous decade as well. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Some fond memories of Rock Band and whatnot. Oh gosh, I love Rock Band. But hey, I have some some data here for you about mm-hmm. uh, sales and all that for Call of Duty because if you listened, you heard that Call of Duty was basically uh, three fourths of the list from the yes, this past decade. It was crazy. So, sales figures from VG Charts shows that Black Ops and Modern Warfare 3 are tied in all-time Call of Duty sales with about 30.7 million units sold each as of October 25th, 2019. Black Ops 2 came third with 29.59 million units sold, followed by Call of Duty Ghost, 28.89 million, and Black Ops 3, 26 0.72 million units sold. That is apple absolutely insane. Craziness. Um, it's crazy town. Like when you say units, that's individual games. Yes. Correct? Yes. That and is I, ridiculous. And that doesn't account for like, as far as I know, that doesn't account for people um, like reselling it and buying it used at GameStop yeah. or something like that. Like this is the game brand spanking new, fresh out hmm. of the plastic wrap. That's how many units they sold. That's crazy. So. It did dominate the charts. They uh, must be doing something right. I guess. Or they just know that uh, we are a nation obsessed with war right now. And everybody's got to get their practice in with their controller. (laughs) Like, that's how we're getting prepared for zombie apocalypse now. As a hand-to-hand combat via Xbox or PlayStation controller. That's what we're doing these days. Um, so if you uh, missed that, you can find it uh, on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, our YouTube channel. Um, and also, if you're just tuning in for the first time, thank you. You can also find us on CastBox FM uh, as well as PodChaser.com. Uh, now, we have had a lot of luck with PodChaser. Um, the cool thing about this site is you can rate individual episodes to let people know what you like and don't like. Um, and w- But when you go to rate our show, we hope that you will give us... Five stars. That's right. Five stars. That's the sweet spot. Uh, and you can also follow along with conversation on Twitter at hashtag 30andnerdypod. Uh, so, uh, this week, however, Dr. Davis, what are we talking about? I got a hint for you. 
Okay, you got a hint. Mm. Oh, that's right. Oh, you heard it right there. Yes. Love is in the air, baby. It's Valentine's Day week. Yes. This Friday is the big day. Uh-huh. But we're not just talking about Valentine's Day. No, 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 no. We are going to talk about some of the best couples of nerd culture. We're also going to get to some nerd news today, as always. Tyler's got one of those nerd vocabulary words that we always love every week. Mm -hmm. And all that will be coming to you after a word from our sponsor. All right. I don't think it works the same when you do it. (laughs) All right. A murder gras mystery is upon us. Encore Theatrical Company is putting on a murder mystery dinner show with the Country Club in Morristown, Tennessee. One night only. Saturday, February 29th. Cocktails begin at 6 p.m. and dinner at 6.45. For $75, you get dinner, drinks, and death. Dinner buffet will include chicken and grits, fried shrimp, fish, red beans and rice, fried okra, and much, much more. For reservations, call the Country Club at 423-586-1941. Reserve tables of eight are available. And the reservation deadline for this mystery is February 19th. Leap into action and join in on the mystery. All right, time to talk nerdy to you. I created a word this week. I can't um, wait. And it is called podception. <laughs> like inception? Now, like inception, but with podcasts. I can't take uh, full credit for that word. Um, podchaser.com actually tweeted that word, podception. And uh, <laughs> what it is, it is the act of entering a different podcast and inserting the idea to listen to your podcast. Basically, the way this is done is by advertising your podcast in another person's podcast. <laughs> kind of like... Who, who would do such a thing? <laughs> right? I mean, I don't know who would do that. Probably the pod nation, um, like we've been doing. Um, so yes, that is your uh, nerd vocabulary word for the week, podception. I'm sure that you actually witness, if you listen to uh, especially us podcasts out of the Next Wave or Pod Nation we all talk about each other's podcast constantly. We have ads in each other's podcast, so we are definitely uh, big on podception. Yeah, well, we certainly want to share the good news of other fine yes. programming to our our listeners out there. So, absolutely, that's a good thing. Maybe uh, Christopher Nolan will come make a movie about us now. <laughs> I hope so. Podception. <laughs> so, why don't we get to your favorite uh, segment, and yeah. it is called. What you watching? So that was kind of weird over the phone, wasn't it? It is weird. It's weird to do it that way. I don't know that I like it. Mm. We might have reached the end of an era. We might stay. Have. Stay tuned to find out. Yes. So, uh, JD, what you watching? So many things, as usual. I finally started playing Assassin's Creed Origins. We spoke okay. of that, uh, I guess it was last week or maybe uh, the other week. And, uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's very different than the previous Assassin's Creed games. They've changed the combat. Uh, it's it's different. It's a lot more challenging, so I'm still trying to adjust to it. But yeah. I'm enjoying uh, the, the setting. It's, it's based out of Egypt, so you get to, like, 
ride around through the desert and go to Alexandria and you can like the swimming has been sort of uh, improved as well. You can like dive down into the ocean and swim around and find things. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. I'm really enjoying it. So I'll have to send Mm -hmm. that your way when I'm done with it. Do you remember the early games when jumping into water killed you? Yep. Certainly do. Uh, that is not a problem for this. And you remember when the bad guys would would jump into the water and die? Yeah. Because they couldn't swim? Not anymore, my friend. That is over. Really? So they, they can will, follow you in the water? They will swim after you. <laughs> I've seen it happen. They'll um, run you down. Well, beyond that, Disney Plus, uh, this past week or so, they put the live-action Lion King up on Disney Plus as well as Toy Story 4. And uh, the family and I have had a lot more time to just sort of hang out at home because Mm -hmm. we've had a lot of days uh, off from school. And so we've watched both of those things this past week. I got to say, I really was not super impressed with The Lion King. I don't really think that's a surprise to most people because I don't think anyone was like overwhelmed with it, really. Uh, Yeah, I would agree. And, you know, I'm a big apologist for Disney. We all know that. And I totally support making the remakes if that's what they want to do. There's clearly an audience for it. The movies do well, and a lot of people do enjoy them. So if they want to do it, go ahead. But I don't think that the live-action Lion King is going to be something that people are talking about 20, 30 years from now, like they're going to be talking about the Lion King cartoon. Exactly. And it's definitely um, not something they'll, they're clamoring for a sequel, live-action. Yeah. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> there were things that I did really like about it. Um I liked, I don't want to spoil it, but they, they changed the little part where uh, Timon and Pumbaa are trying to distract the hyenas and they do a little little dance and everything. Yeah. They changed that for this movie to uh, a different little skit. Uh, it was really funny. I enjoyed that. And also, I really enjoyed Donald Glover. I thought he was great as Simba. And the opening was awesome. Uh, yeah. And I expected that it would be. You have to get that right or everybody's done in the first five minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still got the, the feels and all that during Circle of Life. So it did hit that mark for me. But other than that, kind of forgettable. Probably won't take the time to watch it again. Uh, as far as Toy Story 4 goes, I really enjoyed it. I will say it's probably my least favorite out of all four of them. Uh, I think I've sort of just liked them in the order that they've come out. Like, number one, all-time favorite. Number Mm -hmm. two, pretty good. Number three, eh, whatever. Four, I've seen it. I enjoyed it. I'm probably done with it. Um, You know, had all the feels in the end, like all of the Pixar movies do, especially Toy Story. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it it got the emotion, uh, emotional reaction from me, so I felt something. So I appreciate it for that, if nothing else. And I thought it was what should be the ending uh, a good ending you know is it not weird though that they ended on a four if that's the ending instead of like a three or a five well it's an even number so i approve (laughs) i'm sure you do how about Uh, you what you watching well uh we went and saw a movie before i left you and i uh i forgot about that we We did. did we saw birds of prey and I cannot stress enough that the marketing does not do it justice. Mm -hmm. And I think what has hurt it is coming out of Suicide Squad. 
I totally going agree. into it because this movie is absolutely fantastic. Oh yeah, it's and great. beautiful, and I, dare I say we loved it. I loved um, it. Yes, I, I, I think I'm, I might have even had more fun with uh, this one than I did Shazam, and I was crazy about Shazam. I loved Shazam. Yeah. Uh, this yeah. one was was that much fun, if not more so. And did you know, I, I read today, I don't know if this is for sure a thing or not, but I saw this from a pretty trusted source, that they're renaming the movie. Like, while it's currently in theaters, they're renaming it uh, Harley Quinn, colon, Birds, Birds, of, Birds Prey. of Prey. Yeah. Wow. Which is smart, because it really is a Harley Quinn movie. Oh, for yeah. For the most part. The, the narrative is mostly from Absolutely. her, and the other girls are just sort of supporting. Um, yeah. Which is probably how they should have marketed, marketed it. it they should have marketed with. it like an origin of the Birds of Prey as opposed to a it's all of their movie. I mean, like, I know she was on the poster and everything with all the other characters floating around yeah. her head or whatever, but I don't know. I, I think it's yeah. like what you were saying. People connecting it to Suicide Squad just sort of put a bad taste in their mouth about it. Yeah. So, um, but go I see absolutely it, guys. enjoyed it. I mean, please, if you're listening to this, do not let anything keep you from going to see it you will regret not seeing it um not for the kiddos though no it's definitely not for the kids uh it's a lot like uh deadpool um in that aspect um i would also uh ventures to say it's uh one of the best things dc has done uh, aside from shazam uh in a while in in quite a while uh so go out there and uh, check that movie out I uh, also have been watching uh, a lot more of Impractical Jokers lately because the movie comes out uh, next week. Uh, the oh, yeah. big time uh, release of their actual uh, for the screen movie comes out, and uh, one of the uh, limited areas that is showing it happens to be Atlanta, Georgia. Um, it's on a Look limited release right now. And uh, if it's successful the first couple of weekends, then they will release it uh, over the rest of the country. So, Do you um, foresee that it will do well, though? I think it'll do well because they've been very uh, smart in selecting the cities that are releasing it. Uh, like New York, Detroit, Atlanta, L.A., places that they uh, demographically have been doing very well. Um, okay. So I think that's smart. And plus, I just think that they've... I think they have taken enough of the world by storm to where people will go see it. There um, are a lot of fans of that show out yes. there for sure, so I hope it does well. I do too. I'm, uh, I'm sure I'm that I'll it. I'm sure that I'll see it with you one day, like you'll have it on Blu ray or something, you'll be like, You have to see this, you have to see this. <laughs> so I'm sure I'll see it. Absolutely I will. Um but that's pretty much it, because I've also been spending a lot of time, you know, packing and moving as well. As, you know, saying bye to people over the past week, going out to oh, dinner yeah. a lot with people. Uh, we had our American Idiot, um, uh, Freddy Cat did our documentary for American Idiot. And uh, a bunch of us got together the night before I left, actually. And uh, it was really cool. It's a great experience. Uh, the documentary was really good. Um, uh, reliving those moments was really awesome. Um, I mean, they had over 200 hours of footage. So It's crazy. That had to be crazy to to go through and break down, and uh, so had to be hard to select what goes in it. Right. Uh, so I do not uh, envy them whatsoever no. uh, for having to do that. Uh, but that's about it, man. Um, 
So why don't we get into our nerd news? All right, uh, quite a bit of news here, so let's just get on through it. Uh, WandaVision is set to debut in December on Disney+. Plus. I'm very excited to see this. I've seen a little bit more teasers uh, as uh, the weeks go by. Disney+, Plus has been doing little teasers, so that's, that's kind of nice. Seems like so far away. It does, but uh, it'll be here before you know it. Um, moving on, Sony and Marvel have uh, scheduled their next movie for October 8th, 2021. Question is, what could it be? What Sinister do you Six, think? maybe? Gosh, I hope so. Because um, I'd forgotten until uh, going back through and watching Homecoming with Madison... I'd forgotten that we already meet not just Vulture, but Shocker and Scorpion. That's right. In just yeah. that movie alone. So there's three of the six. Well, Sc- Scorpion was in it? Yeah. His, Matt, before he Matt becomes Gargan? before he becomes Scorpion. He is who these he is who Vulture's supposed to meet on the ferry. Oh, okay. And he okay, gets okay. arrested. And yeah, one of the right. post-credit scenes is uh, Scorpion talking Scorpion. to Vulture in, yep. in jail. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So it's it's interesting. Uh, it could either be a Sinister Six spinoff, maybe a Black Cat movie, and who we knows know. what what other pieces of the puzzle we're going to get in the uh, Jared Leto thing, the Morbius. Morbius. Yeah, absolutely. So who knows? That's definitely exciting. Uh, moving on, uh, Jordan Alas and Alexander Garfin have been cast as Jonathan and Jordan Kent in CW Superman and Lois. That will premiere possibly as soon as this coming fall. Who's Jordan um, Kent? Jordan is is made for the show. He's not an actual son of oh. uh, Lois and Clark. Jonathan is. But Jordan Kent is created just for the show. Um, because they're coming out of Crisis. Which in the finale of Crisis you find out that, oh, that's weird. Now they have two kids instead of one. So I, I just don't know how people are going to keep up with all 77 CW <laughs> shows that DC has going right now. Well, I mean, probably the same way they kept up with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Netflix Marvel shows. Oh, come on, dude. <laughs> what? Those There's were like... like one to two seasons apiece of like three shows, and now you've got Arrowverse that has eleven seasons of Arrow and five seasons of Flash. And the, well, they're just uh, doing in TV what Marvel's doing in movies. They're just doing it for a television audience. So, I think the, I think they're doing well with it because it's TV money and TV fans. That's a fair point. Um. I mean, I, I can't be the... I'll be the first to say I have not kept up with all of it uh, perfectly. <laughs> Definitely Yeah, well, not. you said you gave up on that... Uh, what's the Legends. one with the group? Yeah, Legends of oh, Tomorrow gosh. or whatever. Yeah. Was, they were just doing some outlandish stuff, which I guess, you know, they were trying to be DC's Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, they just... They tried to go for that type of humor and yeah. that type of team, and it just didn't work. It didn't. They're just... It's because they're missing the 80s music. Absolutely it is. Uh, Moving forward, Doctor Strange 2, The Multiverse of Madness, has reportedly found a director. Uh, It's been in quite a few talks with Sam Raimi. Yeah, did you see the fan-made poster that was going around uh, Facebook this past weekend? It had... It was like uh, the little spirally things, the portals that Doctor yeah. Strange does. And it yeah. had the old uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man arm 
reaching through it. Oh my gosh! To I mean, and to with Sam Raimi. with Raimi directing it, could you imagine? I mean, what are some fun things we could see? Uh, this that could multi- be this could be the uh, end of the Spider Verse thing that I've been wanting, where you have like Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire and Tom Holland all in the same. Yeah, movie. you could do it with Doctor Strange. He could I do agree. it. Yeah, um, it's that's the exciting. Time to do it. And it really is. It is the perfect time to do it. Um, so, uh, moving on. Uh, speaking of Doctor Strange 2, uh, Rachel McAdams has said that she will not be returning for the sequel. Um, oh, I mean, it's not a shock. Uh, I, I, di- I didn't even see, really, a direction that they could go for a good love story. I don't think that that's the character you do a love story with, like you do do with a Spider-Man or a Tony. Yeah. You know, uh, I think it would have just weakened the movie uh, and yeah, his I, franchise. I think it's weak I, with the love story. I think we'll be okay without her. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Uh, moving on to some sad news. Uh, Kirk Douglas, father to Hank Pym himself, Michael Douglas, has passed away at the age of 103. Man, he had a good run. Great run. I mean, imagine everything you've seen in 103 years. The wars, the presidents, I mean... The change of technology, of medicine, it's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So, speaking of some Disney Plus stuff, uh, did you ever check out the High School Musical, the musical, the series? No, I can't figure it out because... It's very annoying. Is it like a reality thing or is it a scripted thing or what? It's a scripted show, so these are not real people. Okay. But it's about the high school that they filmed High School Musical at. So it's about the real high school with fake people. Oh my goodness. And season one, the <laughs> principal and theater director and all that found out that they have never put on a musical about High School Musical, which they thought was insane because this is the school it was filmed in. So that's what that series one was about. Season Why? one was about a, a scripted series of fake people played by actors about the real school doing the musical House School Musical. Why do we need something like that? We don't. Um, they are, I seriously think it's kind of like, you know how I've said that I don't like American Dad as much because I felt like it was McFarlane trying to get lightning in a bottle twice? Yeah, I feel but like I love they're, American they're Dad. just sucking at the HSM name. So it has been announced that season two, that school we'll be tackling Beauty and the Beast. Ugh. I was just like, when I read that, I went, okay, stop so the show. It's, but it's still going to be called High School High School Musical, Musical, the musical, the series. About Beauty and the Beast. But this one will be about that group wow. of students doing Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> if you get past the the wall of weird, I'm sure that there are people who love it. But I just think that's the dumbest thing on the face of the planet. Sounds like it. Um, yeah. So, uh, moving forward. According to Deadline, Grammy-winning worldwide performer Bruno Mars has signed on to star and produce in Disney's new untitled music-themed film, which will feature original music uh, created by Bruno himself. Dude, I had not heard anything about this, and I'm so excited because I uh, love Bruno Mars. I love Bruno Mars, man. He gets me hyped, no matter what song it is. Even if it's something sad, like I hope he buys you flowers. This guy's got a voice on him. 
And he can dance and write. A a couple of uh, my buddies and I, we've had a little band. We've played little gigs here and there over the years here just, you know, close to home. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we do uh, The Lazy Song by Bruno Mars. Really? We have a lot of fun with that. Yeah, so I'm a big Bruno Mars fan. I'm I'm excited for this. And if it's Disney, you know it's going to be spectacular. Yeah, especially, uh, like, I'm, I'm picturing, like... Like, we don't really get them much anymore because, you know, we get so many, you know, animated Disney musicals like a Frozen or a Moana. But I'm picturing something like Phantom of the Opera big or, you know, Les Mis big. Like, they've got the budget. They've obviously got the talent. Like, this will be like the first live action musical to come to the theaters in a while, actually. Um, And knowing that Disney's doing it and Bruno's involved, uh, I'm there. Take my money. I don't know. I can imagine it being something sort of like uh, DreamWorks Sing. You know, I, I can mm. see it being about like more about the music than the actual story. Like, I don't, I don't imagine it being this big theatrical thing. Yeah, I think it'll just be fun, lighthearted. I'm excited. I'm there. Yeah, me too. Uh, moving on, Joaquin Phoenix has done it again. He has won Oscar for Best Male Actor for Joker. So, so excited that finally <laughs> a movie has has kind of broken that 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 ceiling that was it's being held. So so deserved, man. Yes, and I stand by the fact that my firstborn son will be named Joaquin. <laughs> I'm gonna hold you to it, <laughs> or at least maybe his middle name. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's not able to be an uh, abbreviated. Because oh Becky does not like goodness. initials or abbreviations. <laughs> and people, the movie... <laughs> people, please tell my wife that there's nothing wrong with people going by initials. I go by JD all the time. Yeah. It's okay. Please, well, somebody you, well, tell her that. Why don't you go ahead and tell the story? You, you were you were thinking of naming a son Parker James, right? Yeah. And, and she's, P, she, she PJ for short. Well, no, she said... I like Parker, I like James, I like that name, but I refuse to allow you to call him PJ. <laughs> because, because it, it makes sounds like think a, of a one pajama. pajama. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, I knew somebody in college named PJ, and he was a cool guy. Nobody said anything to him about a single pajama, so <laughs> I think it would work out pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. This is me. Tell us Absolutely. what you think, people yeah. out there. Uh, you know, the movie also won Best Original Score, which is also very deserving. Oh, yeah. That when music. you, leave, when you leave the theater after seeing that movie, you think about two things. You think about Joaquin Phoenix, and you think about the music. The because cello music, and the violin of the music is just... I just think about it. him walking down the hallway, you know, with all the makeup on, and mm-hmm. he's fully, like, full-on Joker towards the end of the movie when he does the slow dance in the bathroom oh and that too yeah that music that's playing is is, it's hauntingly beautiful man how good was joker fantastic and now i can say oscar award-winning joker um and speaking of uh records uh avenger endgame has broken another record of course in the oscars illustrious history Avengers Endgame is the only film to ever hold the spot of the highest grossing movie of all time and have zero awards. Uh, yeah. 
You thought oh. this was going in a good direction, didn't you? Oh, no. The only film to ever hold the highest grossing movie of all time and had zero awards. Do you think that some of that was in spite? Did they Did they even see it? <laughs> I mean... Did the Academy on, even watch the movie? It's the Avengers. <laughs> How can you not award all of the awards to the Avengers? That's what I want to know. I demand a recount. This is a travesty. <laughs> um... I don't think that they were chasing Oscars. Yeah. To be honest, and I think right. truth be told the only thing that really the Academy would look at is maybe Downey's performance, but he didn't want it to be considered himself. Yeah. And maybe the cinematography. Well, you know what? I I love Robert Downey Jr and he made me uh I've always liked Iron Man of course, but after that Iron Man has moved up in in the Oh my gosh! Of my, of my fandom, so mm-hmm. uh, I appreciate him and I love everything that he's done for us over the past decade. But he did not beat Joaquin Phoenix. I'm sorry. So, and that's it is crazy. That's crazy. all I got to say about that. So, last piece of news: the Big Show, well, who recently celebrated a birthday, is getting his own Netflix series. Heard about uh, the comedy's premise is as follows. When the teenage daughter of The Big Show, a retired world-famous WWE superstar, comes to live with him, his wife, and two other daughters, he quickly becomes outnumbered and outsmarted. Despite being seven feet tall and weighing 400 pounds, he is no longer the center of attention. You know, The Big Show is a really funny guy. If you he ever is. see him like on any of the behind-the-scenes stuff or whatever... He's a really funny guy, and he's a mm-hmm. big softy too. And I'm sure that you know this being about a dad with daughters, there's going to be a lot of that sentimental stuff as well. And he's going to kill it at that because so, he's a big teddy bear. Are these his real family, or is he the only so. real person? I think it's just him. Okay, so it's like real and fake at the same time. It no, it's completely fictional. This is a fictional big show. Gotcha. This is like. Big Show leaving WWE TV and going home. He's the Big Show still at home, probably. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it is not about Paul White. Gotcha. Who plays the Big Show. So It's called The Big Show, The Show. Or Big Show, The Big Show, I think is what it's called. Um, I'll definitely watch it. Yeah, uh, it's exciting. Um, but and it's a Netflix original series, so that's got something... Going on at the Netflix realm, which they definitely need, uh, with with a lot of their things being uh, on break. Mm-hmm. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of your nerd news. Need a commercial? How about a promotional video for your upcoming event or production? Let the coolest cats in town take care of you. The professionals at Freddy Cat have the knowledge, ability, and experience to serve all of your visual marketing needs. They do feature films, documentaries, corporate videos, commercials, music videos, and weddings. You can reach Freddy Cat Productions at 423-231-2839 or at freddycatproductions.com.
You heard it straight from Whitney. That's right. Mm. Love is in the air. And we're back because it is time for us to... On some of the most popular couples in nerd culture. That's right. The Romeos and the Juliets. The Rosses and the Rachels. The Beyonce's and the Jay-Z's of nerddom. And some that are really just like pop culture in general. Yeah. But they, they... had to be included on the list. Absolutely. They just made the list. (laughs) So, you know, the nerd world is not without lovely couples. Um, But, and and honestly, some of them are so inspirational, they have made me want to be a better boyfriend. So, thank you, nerd culture. We are going to talk about uh, some of our personal choices of the best couples in the nerdiverse, if you will. Um... We might go back and forth. We might uh, talk a few in a row. But we're definitely going to talk about some of the best couples in nerd culture. Uh, what say you, Joshua? I think, it's, I think it sounds like a great idea. Why don't you go ahead and kick us off there? All right. Uh, I'm going to have to say one of my top picks is Ron and Hermione from yeah, Harry yeah. Potter. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I'd have to say it's been kind of a toss-up. Um considering them some of the best because uh, knowing that it's one of uh, J.K. Rowling's herself, her biggest regret was pitting them together, Um, which, again, we hate that, that post, you know, stuff. Like, you've already done it. Don't say stuff like that. Well, gee, why didn't she just go in and change it or add it like she has a hundred other things? Yeah, right. Sorry, I don't – that's a discussion for another time. I have issues with J.K. Rowling, but – uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that they're like one of my all time favorite couples. Yeah. I think they have to be included because Harry Potter is just such a big deal, uh, in our culture. Mm-hmm. But I think that their relationship did make sense. The fact that they picked at each other through the entire series, you know, it sort of led up to what happened in the end. But I yeah. think that I would have liked it better if they had gotten together a little sooner and we had been able to spend more time with them as a couple. Yes. Absolutely. Um, Because it would have given us more like ups and downs with them as a couple and maybe like um, will they, won't they make it? Kind of like, you know, in Glee we were always given those Rachel and Finn, then they're not together and then they are together and then they're not. But but it it was gripping. It was some gripping stuff. Uh, so had she had done it sooner, it would have given us a little bit better of a opportunity at a romantic story arc. But, right, right. Um, but they definitely deserve their spot uh, because I mean it's it's Ron Weasley and Hermione Granger from probably some of the best nerd culture in the past twenty years, Harry Potter. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think they belong. Uh, why don't you go with the next one? How about Arwen and Aragorn from the mm. Lord of the Rings? Uh, that's mm-hmm. that's definitely a couple that is legendary in nerd culture. Yes. We now, love them. The only thing is, though, a lot of their relationship was not revealed to us in the books. It, they were sort of mentioned in passing. Aragorn talked about her here and there, and uh, they got together in the end, of course. So that did happen, but... It was really especially romanticized in the movies because mm-hmm. you know you got to have a little romance. But I will say, oh, as much as as much as I love Arwen and Aragorn, 
their scenes were my least favorite in the movies. Because they were always like dream sequences. Yeah, and sometimes it was just way too stretched out for me. Like when we did this recent watch through to uh, to do podcast episodes. Oh about gosh, Wolverine. the extended stuff. Man, in like the two towers, I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's let's get on. Getting with it. a little sick of your stuff there, Arwen. <laughs> did you know? I don't know that I talked about this when we did the two towers episode. But did you know that they filmed a whole scene where Arwen shows up at Helm's Deep? Well, isn't she in the book? Who shows up? No, I don't think so. No. Or does she show up in the old animated one? No, she wasn't in the animated one at all. She wasn't, was she? It was Legolas no. that was the writer. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, but I saw like a two-second clip on uh, the extended edition uh, versions of the movies came with these really long documentaries and behind the scenes things about filming the movies. And there was a little clip of it. Uh, I remember Arwen like chopping a Urukai's leg off or something like that. So, so she, even in the extended editions, there were more things that could have been extended to the extended editions. That's right. Good Lord. Arwen showed up, man. She wanted to stand by her man. As, and that's that's uh, show the world she heartwarming. she loved him, and a big thing that goes great with with this story is he's mortal, so to speak. You know he's uh, yeah. of the Dunedain, so he's extended more mortal life. than hurt. Yes, yeah, for sure, not immortal, but extended life. And she's elven. That's like a no no. That's supposed to be a no no because she has her her story laid out for her. She's supposed to go to the Undying Lands. She's not supposed to fall for mortal man. But that's what makes this couple powerful is she, they go against the grain because they're in love. Because they you, you know it's true love. Do you remember in Fellowship of the Ring, and this might be an extended thing, so you may not remember it well, but they're sitting around the campfire and all the hobbits are asleep and Aragorn is singing something and Frodo wakes up. And he yeah. says, who is she? Who's this woman you speak of? He's singing in Elvish, and Frodo knows a little Elvish. Yeah. And he tells him about this legendary story of a, a mortal man and a, an elven maiden who fell in love, and she gave her heart to him. And Frodo says, what happened to her? And he says, she died because she did that. And then that's what happens with Arwen and Aragorn. Mm-hmm. They, they, they know going into it that it's not going to be forever. Yeah. That eventually Aragorn's going to die, and you know she's going to just waste away with grief. So instead, yeah. they they go off into the woods together and they die together. Yeah, just um, magically, I guess. I don't know. You know, that's it, what it says in the books. When I was, this is this is technically a tangent because it's not about Arwen and Aragorn, but it is a Lord of the Rings quote. Um, when I was, you know, going back and forth about whether I should move or not, right. um, my mom used Lord of the Rings against me. There you go. And she started quoting uh, Gandalf to Bilbo and then Bilbo to Frodo. And she even said, the shower will always be here, Frodo, but adventure may not. And I was like, God dang it. <laughs> now, <laughs> it's like, how dare you use Mother the rings best, <laughs> against me? But, uh, and it's true. It's true. I'm already, uh, adventurous. Uh, this alone, this episode is adventurous for us because it's kind of out of our comfort zone. Is it not? A bit. I can't, bit. I can't look or, I can't just reach over and smack you when I want to. So. Oh, I was going to be sweet and say something like, I always feel, feel right at home with you, but you know, if we want to, 
we want to get into that kind of territory, then <laughs> let's, let's let's go, buddy. Let's go, big shoots. Uh, so, uh, moving on, uh, Glenn and Maggie from The Walking Dead. From The Walking Dead, I think they belong. Uh, it's the old word is definitely not something thrown around in the zombie apocalypse often, but um, these two definitely broke the mold with their relationship. Uh, and then marriage, and then of course they have a child. Um, little but Herschel. he, yeah, little Herschel. Uh, however, uh, poor Glenn does not live to see it. Yeah, uh, tragic, tragic yes. ending to their to their romance. Uh, yes, one of the most memorable and shocking scenes of the show uh, up until and the, the comic. I, yeah. And the comic, but uh, up until the point that I stopped watching, if they've had anything any more shocking than that, I've missed it. But um, that was that was a tough one to watch, and I knew it was coming because I read it in the comic books. Yeah, but man, it was brutal. Oh, the minute you knew Negan was there, you were like, "Oh crap, here it comes." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely think Glenn and Maggie belong uh, because they are. Uh, part of not just nerd culture with the show that they're in, but they uh, made love work in a loveless time uh, for for quite a while. They made it work uh, for a while. Yeah. So, uh, I uh, think sh- that you should take the next one as well. I will take the next one. Absolutely. Joker and Harley Quinn. Um, I had to include them in my version of the list because they are a couple, and this is nerd culture. However, they are not a couple that you strive to be. Um, and a lot sadly, of people don't realize that, though. Yeah, I mean, sadly, there's an entire generation of girls who are looking for their Mister J, or guys who are looking for their Harley Quinn. And I'm like, uh, why? <laughs> but they belong. They belong on this list because they are the clown, the clown couple of Gotham. So they are certainly iconic. Yes, absolutely. Speaking, speaking of iconic, yeah, yeah. How about Mickey and Minnie Mouse, or as Emma likes to say, Mickey. How about that? It's adorable. I miss um, Emma already. You know, she. I was listening to a podcast earlier today. It was not us, and she looked at my phone and she goes, Tyler. So she thinks that every time that I'm listening to a podcast, it's you and it's whatever. So she misses you too. But yeah, Mickey and Minnie Mouse, iconic. Mickey and Minnie have been together since 1928. How about that? A long, long time. So many people. Now, this is the type of relationship you do want, ladies and gentlemen. The, the, not Harley Quinn and Joker, but you want you want to be a Mickey and a Minnie. I feel like Becky's definitely my Minnie Mouse. We Aww. go to Disney World together. We wear the hats, the ears, and all that stuff, and we have a big time. So, you know, it worked out for us. Hey, did you know, I don't know that I've talked about this before. Becky and I have matching tattoos. I have a little uh, Mickey Mouse and she has a little Minnie Mouse tattoo. I and what all, that you had the Mickey. I never knew that she had a follow-up to it. You didn't know that they were matching? No. Yeah. Oh, I thought yeah. you were just being a super fan. No. Oh, my goodness. No, 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 no. I can't believe you didn't know that. Wow. That makes it, makes it that much better, huh? It does. 
Absolutely so, it does. Uh, what makes what makes Mickey and Minnie an even more amazing couple is that the voice of Mickey Mouse, Wayne Allwine, and the voice of Minnie Mouse, Lucy Taylor, were married in real life. They were together for 18 years until Wayne Allwine passed away. And then Lucy wow. Taylor just recently passed. So that, I think... Is that just tells you about the magic of of, of the mouse? Which is crazy. And and I, I, they are uh, both mentioned in that documentary. I like to talk about a lot. I know that voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, uh, I think she's interviewed. I don't think he is, but she's interviewed. I think that he passed away before that was made. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's uh, that's that's romantic. As heck, man. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. I thought so. That's awesome. So, shall I take the next one? Let's go. The Green Ranger and the Pink Ranger. You know, uh, not to go on a tangent, but thinking about that theme song, somebody gave their heart and soul for a nerdy 90s television show. Theme song. Think about that. I mean, it's kind of like the Pokemon theme song, too. Their heart and soul went behind that. And some people will never know who they really were. It's crazy. That's true. But Tommy and Kimberly. Um, in the 90s, uh, there was no prettier girl than Kimberly the Pink Power Ranger in my eyes. She was the love of my life. I but, loved her as well. But sadly, she had eyes for another. Tommy Oliver, the Green Ranger, who then became the White Ranger. Um, sadly, however, in the third or fourth season of Mighty Morphin, um, he is the Red Ranger of the new uh, Zeo Rangers. It's kind of like this crossover leading out of Mighty Morphin into Zeo. And he gets this uh, this note from Kimberly, who has moved away, that she has found someone else. And I remember that episode very well, uh, how sad he is, like to see Tommy cry because the love of his life moved away and found someone else. And uh, that's when I became a cynic about love, because... Oh, <laughs> it all because started there. If it didn't last the, between the Green Ranger and the, the Pink Green Ranger... And pink Power Ranger. It'll never last for anyone. Love was ruined for me right then and there at five years old. If Tommy and Kimberly can't do it, nobody can. But they definitely belong on this list. Um, They're cute jabs at each other, especially after he's introduced as the evil Green Ranger, and they help turn him good. And then, of course, they're... uh... But again, this is the 90s. Uh, In live-action television, there wasn't exactly, you know... Tons of hand holding or kissing from right, right. the Saban channel in the nineties, <laughs> yes. but um, but it was definitely they were a cute couple. They belong on this uh, nerd culture list, uh, and I think uh, as much as I dislike one of the people that you were about to mention, I think they belong on this list. How about you take it since you love them so much? 
You want to know about a great couple in nerd culture? I'll tell you about a great couple in nerd culture, and it's Jean Grey and Cyclops from the X-Men. How about that? Uh, one of my favorite images of the two of them is the cover of X-Men 30. It's from the 90s, and you would know it if you saw it. I'm probably going to send it to you here in just a second, but it's them at their wedding. It's when they, they got married, and Jean's dress is kind of blowing off in the wind and everything. Love that image. Love the couple. They, uh, you know, they, they went through a lot with Jean having her Phoenix episodes and everything. And do you remember in X-Men 3 of the X-Men series of movies when Jean came back from the dead or whatever and she, uh, like, killed, killed Scott? Killed Cyclops, yes. Yeah. But that wasn't Jean, though. That was Phoenix. It so. was the Phoenix. She gets a free pass on that. <laughs> you get a free pass for killing your husband. Yeah. <laughs> if it's the Phoenix. Um, I know we have a bit of a, a disagreement about this. Um, not that they're a lovely couple. I think they're a fantastic couple. Um, but if you're an X-Men fan, you know that uh, Wolverine was also in love with Jean. And that caused him to be very rude to Cyclops. Um <laughs> In turn, Cyclops was very rude to him. <laughs> For good reason. For good reason, I guess. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, I'd be rude too. But me being a Wolverine guy, I mean, I wasn't... But the thing is, is what's weird is, I was a Wolverine guy and I did not like Cyclops. But I wasn't exactly shipping Wolverine and Jean together. I didn't want Wolverine and Jean to be a couple. I was just like, stop talking to him like that. Jean's too beautiful for Wolverine. Yeah. But I think she loved him in, in her own way. I think she had love for Logan that she was not honest with Scott about. Yeah, I gotta admit, I think that definitely Jean had something for Wolverine as well. Uh, but she would never have no left Cyclops. She would have never Wolverine. betrayed Cyclops. No. Well, and he also has could be on this list twice. From because other of, comics. Because of Emma Frost? Because of Emma Frost, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you get the picture? I did, I did. I got the picture. I do remember that pic, that uh, that image cover. and that cover yeah. of that comic. I do remember that. Um, so, shall we move on? You take it. I'll take it. Batman and Catwoman. You know, this started out as just like a toying with each other, not being able to take each other down. Somewhat of a uh, showmance, if you will, between Batman and Catwoman before each other really knew who each other really were. Makes sense, I know. Um, she did not know he was Bruce. He didn't know she was Selina. That's the wild part about it. And now, in the comics, in canon storyline, they're married. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. What started out as a vigilante... Flirting, I guess, turns into the wedding of the century in DC Comics. <laughs> and I love the relationship with Catwoman and Batman played out in Batman Returns, the uh, Michael Keaton. Yes, with Michelle Batman Pfeiffer and, Michelle and Michael Pfeiffer. Keaton. Yeah, that was good. I do enjoy that. I do enjoy that. Uh, so, the next couple up. How about you take this? This is one of my favorite couples of all time. 
What more do you need than that, folks? How about Han Solo and Princess Leia? Everybody loves Han and Leia. Wouldn't you agree? <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I like them. You, what? You like them? Yeah, I like, you know, I love Harrison and I love the character of Han Solo and I love Leia. I just don't love them as a couple. What? How can you even say that? Do well, you I mean, need to hear, do, do you need to hear the thing again? Let me just. I, I know. That, he didn't say it back. Oh, I like him. Well, I mean, yeah, because he's on solo. Okay, I get it, but she also kissed her brother. The movie before this, and uh, was and sporadic, just, and called him a nerfy, scruffy nerf herder. And, and so you know. their relationship doesn't even last. Yes, it does. Thanks to the sequel trilogy. They don't uh, even stay together. But they still loved each other. Did you but not see But you want to know who belongs Bruce? better with Han? Chewie. That's a couple. That is the loving couple of nerd culture. Is Han and Chewie. Way before you're, Han and Leia. You're dead to me. <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and move on to the next couple. Another great couple. How about Spider-Man and Mary Jane? Now, fun fact, Mary Jane debuted in 1966. Uh, Peter's Aunt May set him up on a blind date with uh, a neighbor's daughter, and that was Mary Jane. Now, a lot of people are going to put Gwen Stacy before Mary Jane because technically she was around Mm -hmm. first, and I get it. But I think that for our generation especially, what with the animated series in the 90s and the Sam Raimi movies, uh, Tobey Maguire and everything, uh, mm-hmm. Kirsten Dunst, Mary Jane is the one that we associate with Spider-Man the most. I think she's most commonly the one who is who's partnered with Spider-Man as far as like girlfriends go. That's who you think of. Absolutely. So go get him, we Tiger. Had, we had to include her on the list. I actually kind of want one of those uh, pin-up tattoos of Mary Jane wearing the the Spider-Man shirt or hugging the little Spider-Man doll or whatever. You, yeah. Uh, I definitely think they uh, belong at the top of the list. Of uh, If we were to... The, I mean, none of these are in order. We have not put these in listing order. Uh, but I definitely think if you were to make a list of uh, the tops, Spider-Man and Mary Jane belong there. Uh near the top, rightfully so, because they have lasted an eternity since she debuted as the power couple of uh, Marvel's Spider-Man. So, moving forward, uh, we've got Scott Pilgrim and Ramona. Yeah, Ramona Flowers from Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. I enjoyed this movie, and uh, I definitely uh, would agree with the, uh, the actress who played Ramona wants a sequel. Um, I think it'd be fun to revisit that world. I think it's one of the most underrated comic book uh, stories brought to yeah, movie. Yeah, it's, it's super good, and it has a big cult following. I don't know that I want a sequel for it, though, to be honest. Mm. I think it's one of those that I would prefer for them to just leave it as is. Yeah. But, but that's just me. I got you. So, shall we move on? I mean, I, I hate to not say enough about them, I, 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 but they're a very underrated couple about with a very underrated comic book following and very underrated movie. I don't think it's talked about enough in our nerd culture. It's a great movie. I enjoyed it. 
All right, and up next we have Mario and his lovely princess Peach. Poor Peach, she just keeps getting into trouble. She does. But that's obvious love. He keeps going after her to rescue her. Why else would he go through all these endless dungeons, uh, lands, and and have people in clouds who throw spiky dragons at him? And yes, and these flowers, fish. these dangerous flowers, and and dudes throwing hammers at him, fireballs. It's ridiculous. And trying uh, new things like mushrooms to make him grow, or this weird leaf that gives him a cape. <laughs> you know, uh, he obviously loves his princess. Um, except when there's a race. <laughs> Good point. Good <laughs> if point. there's a With- race on the line, she will throw him off of Rainbow Road in a heartbeat. Hey, if win. there's a race, all bets are off. Every man, every princess for themselves. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's how I look at it. I mean, that's, that's the best way to look at it. Uh, so, moving on. One of my favorite couples, even though he's not my favorite superhero. Um, one of my favorite couples of nerd culture, Lois and Clark. And no, I'm not talking about the people who trekked across the country, Lewis and Clark. I am talking about... Lois Lane, and Superman. They are royalty of nerd culture couples. I agree. I agree. And, I mean, for goodness sake, they had a show all about just Lois and Clark and their love for one another. With with your bathroom buddy, Dean Kane. <laughs> hey, Dean Kane, if you're listening, I enjoyed our time together. It was, t- it was, it was far too short. It was. Let's meet up again. Same place, same time. Uh, I honestly, I think that uh, Lois and Superman belong at the top. Um, I'm sure you disagree. I do. From the way you talk so lovingly about Han and Leia. Um, But I I definitely think that they belong at the top. Uh, I mean, look at what her dying at Joker's hand turned Superman into. He was in love. That was love. So... I think that's why they belong at the top. So, shall we move on? Why don't you take the next one? All right, I'll do it. How about Captain America and Agent Peggy Carter? Now, there's a royal couple as mm-hmm. far as the Marvel side of things. Now, mm-hmm. what's what's so great about Cap and Peggy, my favorite thing about Cap and Peggy, is that their love spanned over several decades, man, because Captain America was frozen in the ice and he comes back. And, of course, you know, they didn't end up together in that universe, which was sad. But yeah. Captain America... Spoiler alert if you haven't seen Avengers Endgame. Uh, he is able to go back in time and save the world and put everything back the way it should be and still go back and live his life with the girl of his dreams. And the last thing we see of the first ten years of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is that long-awaited dance. That final dance. With Peggy and Cap. And you can be it. you can be DC, you can be Marvel, you can be Dark Horse, but in that last scene, when he finally got his dance, there was definitely some tears in that audience. Oh yeah, especially if you've been watching this entire time. When he's going down in that plane in Cap One, and he said, "We've still got a dance to do. I'll see you like what next week." 
And by golly, Captain America found a way. Because that's right. America always finds a way. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Even if it means being frozen in the ice for... <laughs> 70 years. 70 years, you still break out and you find a way to make it happen. USA! USA! <laughs> oh! Save that for our wrestling podcast. Some of you get yeah. it, some of you don't. Yeah. Ocho Duro will get it. <laughs> Which we have... I've been... Uh, you know, this is a little tangent, but I have been talking a little bit to Ken M. Before we go to Mania... He wants to do a wrestling podcast. Hey, I'm there. I'm there. I'll be there. I'm back to watching regularly. I'm catching up on Raw and SmackDown on Hulu. I'm not watching it live because I don't have cable anymore. Yeah. But uh, I'm trying to keep up since we're going to the big show this year. So I want to be in the know. And I uh, want to be able to to have discussions about the current events of wrestling. So Agreed. Agreed. Shall we but move hey, you down? know what? Since we're talking about wrestling. Oh, really? Why not just go ahead and name one of the greatest wrestling couples of all Agreed. time? How about the Macho Agreed. Man and Miss Elizabeth? Yeah, how about that? Macho Cream Man and Miss crop. Elizabeth. They are like on the Mount Rushmore of couples as far as wrestling. Maybe even not just wrestling. Everybody knows Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth. If you're yeah. older than 15 or 16 years old at least you remember the iconic moment i can't remember what the event was but it was on tv when macho gets down on one knee in the middle of the ring he goes miss elizabeth will you marry me (laughs) that's a good impression and she goes oh yeah and the (laughs) crowd went wild there were (laughs) there were tears shed people were just crying now the the real story behind, you know, off off the cameras between Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth, not not quite as uh, as great no. as it was on TV. Now they were married in real life. They were married from 1984 to 1992. Mm-hmm. It's pretty well documented. A lot of people who knew Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth have told that you know Macho was maybe a little bit possessive. He was he was very protective. Overprotective, you might say, Miss Elizabeth. You didn't want anybody being alone with Miss Elizabeth. You didn't want anybody to touch Miss Elizabeth. You know, uh, he, he was always worried about what she was wearing and who she was talking to and who was looking at her. And I mean, that's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah, in some couple. Somebody's yeah. is it uh, Pritchard's podcast that he talks about that. Yeah, uh, he's like well, a he lot wouldn't of even let, about it. he wouldn't let some storylines take part because he mm-hmm. didn't want certain things. And he was like, and not for her safety, but for his ownership. There was he this, would turn down some storylines. There was this big match that they were going to do one time where uh, if Macho Man lost, Elizabeth was going to show her itsy-bitsy, teeny-weeny, yellow polka dot bikini or something. Yeah. And eventually there was, you know, people are expecting to see that because Miss Elizabeth was, you know, people thought she was hot Party. stuff. Yeah. So they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to see Miss Elizabeth in the in the bikini or whatever. And it gets to the point where they're going to do the big reveal, and it's like some kind of one-piece thing or something like that. So everybody was, you know what everybody said? I'll tell you. I'll tell you what they said. They said, because it wasn't what they were expecting. But Macho Man was having, he was having none of that. Oh, yeah. Uh, So shall we move on to uh, the Pumpkin King and his Pumpkin Queen, Sally and Jack. 
when you go to Disney World, I can't tell you the number of people you see wearing Nightmare Before Christmas uh, stuff, like shirts, and they have hats. You can get the Jack Skellington, uh, like it looks like his suit on your Mickey ears, mm-hmm. and the patches and everything for Sally. Uh, the longest line I have ever waited in at Disney World, ever, in all my years of going there often, was to meet Sally and Jack at Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. That was like a two-hour line. Good Lord. Two hours at Disney World really is not that bad for a lot of things. Well, it's pretty bad. But well, because some I, people, in all honesty, people, I think the two-hour line is not as bad as Disney World. Disney World because there's an experience going on around you the That's entire exactly time. right. Yeah, but this was not because it was not something that they offer all the time. It was only at Halloween. So they had yeah. them in a little gazebo, and it was, you know, just sitting around outside waiting. We played a lot of heads up on my phone while we waited. But it was great, and it was worth the wait because they were very interactive, and they were totally, like, selling the characters. It was great. I loved it. Cool. I need to go at Halloween sometime, especially being such a Halloween fan. Yeah. It's a lot um, of fun. We're going to go. We're going to do it. Cool, cool. Stamped. So, stamped. so you've stamped it. Uh-oh. <laughs> Listeners don't know the stamp is a serious thing. That means it must happen or Armageddon happens. So You have no choice but to go to Disney That's World true. at Halloween with me. So okay. we'll be planning I mean, that. All right. I'm closer we'll now it, to we'll Disney World. Big, we'll make it a big family trip. All of us are going to go take all the kids, have a big, big time. I like it. All right, shall we move on? Why don't you, since this is one of your dream roles, why don't you tackle this next one? All right, how about a little Brad Majors and Janet Weiss from the Rocky Horror Picture Show? They're a great couple. They're like the oh, you know yeah. stereotypical what you imagine in the nineteen seventies couple. You know, they're very you know they're all American and they're they're you know I don't even know what to say. They're pure. They're like the pure American couple, you know. He's uh, proposed to her at the beginning of Rocky Horror, because that's what you do when your girlfriend catches the bouquet. Back in that day, um, they sang a they sang a whole song about it and everything. They did. Um, the river was deep, and he swam it, Janet. <laughs> there's a fire in his heart, and you fan it, Janet. Janet. If there's one full for you, then. He, he, he is it. Janet. Janet. It doesn't work the same. <laughs> then I am it. So, this was, this is, uh, there are Rocky Horror nerds out there. Um. Big time. And we are two of them. Yeah. Um, I finally got to fulfill my dream of being in the show this past October. You're still waiting for that faithful day. Where maybe one day you'll finally get to. And this is one of your biggest dream roles that you have yet to tackle. Yeah. Uh, so, and this couple belongs. Uh, not just in nerd culture, but in pop culture. In horror culture. In musical culture. This couple surpasses different cultures. With just the mention of their names. Everyone and knows fact- Brad and Janet. They can go through their wild weekend at Dr. Frankenfurter's castle. Over mm-hmm. at the Frankenstein place, yes. and still walk away from it, and they're stronger than ever. So, long live love, Brad and Janet. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 
how about I take this next one? We've got Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy. Kermit! What an iconic couple. Very iconic. Past, I don't know, probably 40 years or pretty close to it. Yeah. You know, they're, they're such an unusual couple, a frog and a pig. One would never expect the two to go together, but you know what? They do it. They stand up in the face of adversity and they say, you know what, world? Here we are. Here we are. We're together. Move because we're not. <laughs> That's right. Until a couple years ago when they broke up. I was about to say, you recently <laughs> um, watched this, this new thing that came out uh, a year Mumps. or so ago. Um, this kind of where are they now type thing they did with the Muppets and they broke up. Yeah. So part of the the whole premise of the show was that Kermit worked on Miss Piggy's talk show. He was like her producer, a showrunner, and mm. there's all this tension because they broke up. Wow. But you know, they belong together. Let's be Absolutely. real. We all know. Absolutely. They belong they together. I'm actually looking up a timeline right now of their of their relationship. This is on insider.com. And uh, this is the tweet that was released. Here is the official statement of Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy's relationship termination. (laughs) After careful thought, thoughtful consideration, and considerable squabbling, we have made the difficult decision to terminate our romantic relationship. We will continue to work together on television, The Muppets, Tuesdays at 8, this fall on ABC, and in all media, now known or hereafter devised. However, our personal lives are now distinct and separate, and we will be seeing other people, pigs, frogs, etc., this is our only comment on this private matter, unless we get the right offer. Thank you for your understanding. <laughs> unless we get the right offer. So they did like this realistic, you know, breakup yeah. for for Miss Piggy and Kermit, and I remember when this happened. I remember when they hosted Monday Night Raw. Oh yeah, that's right. They've been Ms. through a lot, old Miss Piggy uh, knocked out uh, Vicky Guerrero. Really? She did the whole... They did a back and forth excuse me to each other. It was riveting television brought to you by WWE of that era. So... That's the only only way they do it. Yeah. It's always riveting. Shall we move on? Um, Let's go. You take this one. Actually, no. I'll take this one. You take the next one. All right. Tony and Pepper. Tony Stark and Pepper Potts. Iron Man and Rescue, made for one another, but early on in their relationship, you never would have known it. So this is, um, this relationship just mainly became full mainstream because of the MCU. Right, uh, right, right. But she has always been around, Pepper Potts. Yeah, um, that's, the Pepper and Tony thing is straight from the comics. Yes. And they did a great job with that in the MCU. I think uh, so too. It was... Robert Downey Jr. and Gwyneth Paltrow, they had such great chemistry together. Mm -hmm. And we see early on maybe a couple of little clues on it because Tony will say something to her here and there, you know, a little flirtatious. So we sort of see it building up. And I love the moment when in Avengers when Tony is carrying the the bomb up into the portal and they're trying to call Pepper so he can say goodbye to her and all that. Yeah. Yeah. That was was, – 
gripping moment for that first Avengers. Um, and I love how Spider-Man Homecoming, at the end, they show you the proposal. When he actually proposed. <laughs> right, right, right. Because it was supposed to be a press conference introducing Spider-Man as an Avenger, but sweet little Peter has a uh, moment of adulthood and says, no, I don't need to be an Avenger yet. And so Tony's like, okay, well, I've got a press room full of people. What do I do? Uh, so that it was cute that they put in the proposal there. I'm a big fan of Tony and Pepper, um, not just from the comics, and but also the MCU and vice versa. I loved them in the comics, and I, I love what Disney did with them in the MCU. Um, Same. Especially in Iron Man 3 when you thought, oh, my God, they killed Pepper. Um <laughs> But oh, I forgot she, about yeah, that. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, they did they killed Pepper, you jerks. But uh definitely definitely belongs on this list. As so and maybe an even bigger Marvel comic book couple is our next couple. Now this is I think undoubtedly the biggest couple and the most well known couple in the Marvel universe. They're the mm -hmm. the first couple, you mm -hmm. might say. Uh Mr. and Mrs. Marvel, you might say. Yes. That's Mr. Fantastic and the Invisible Woman, Sue Storm. Love these two. They're part of the first family of Marvel, along with uh, The Thing and, of course, Human Torch. Human Torch. But uh, Sue and Reed, they are just made for one another. They debuted together in 1961 in the Fantastic Four issue number one, created, of course, by Stan the Man Lee. Mm -hmm. And they're still, uh, still going strong today. And Hopefully I think soon you can only in the MCU. Yes, you can only um, perfectly cast this couple, perfectly show this couple, perfectly televise, cinemize, however you want to do this couple. It must be perfectly cast. And when you are casting a perfect couple, who would you cast? The perfect couple. John Krasinski. John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. And his beautiful wife, Emily Blunt. They would be perfect. If anyone's out there listening, you have more nerds begging for this casting than probably any casting you'll ever receive in our the rest of our humble nerddom. I mean, they're the perfect couple. And, and, and if they're the perfect couple, and this is Marvel's first couple, a comic's first couple, really, you know, the first couple of nerddom, then you must do this. This uh, do this is one solid, and we'll never ask for anything ever again. I wouldn't say that. Okay, I can't say that. But seriously, I mean Krasinski and Blunt would be perfect. And John Krasinski has said that he's all for it. Like he wants to do it. All they yeah. got to do is 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 give him a call. I yeah. think he'd be great. I really do. And I think, and I think he could take over. Well. And I think he could take over for for Tony in a better aspect than. Uh, Putting the stress on Parker. Yeah. I think he's... Uh, John Krasinski's the right age to do this. Mm -hmm. uh, he's he's well-known, popular actor. Uh, yeah. I think it's the perfect fit. Uh, let, let's do it. Pull the trigger, Marvel. Come, Come on. on. So, Come on, um, Kevin Feige. Yeah, why don't you give Kevin a call since he's sending you checks every month to be I've, a Marvel hey, I, fan. I've got him on I've got him on speed dial, so I'm I'm going to give him a call after we sure. uh, wrap this up. <laughs> after we wrap this so up. So th those those are our favorite couples, our favorite nerd couples. Now, obviously there's 
a lot that we haven't talked about and as far as nerd culture and pop culture go. So let's just do a little quick uh, honorable mentions section. Shall we do that? Absolutely. How about we go back go and, and forth with this one? All right. Um, I would have to say Edward and Bella. Okay. I'll agree with that. Mm-hmm. How about uh, Jamie and Cersei Lannister? Ooh. I have them written I know, down. But so you took it. They, you took it from me. They, they still count. They do count. Roger and Jessica Rabbit. Very good. Very good choice. How about uh, Peter and Lois Griffin? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Definitely. Bugs and Lola Bunny. I had them as well. Mm. Good choice. Good choice. How about uh, Popeye and Olive Oil? Yes, I have that one too. I have that one too. How about Will and Elizabeth Turner? Oh, okay. Parts of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How about uh, Homer and Marge? Uh, yes, yes, absolutely. John and Mary Winchester from Supernatural. Buffy and Angel. Yes, I have that written down. No, we talked about his brother, but Luigi and Daisy. They're honorable mentions. Definitely. How about uh, Lucy and Ricky? Oh, that's nice. I like that. What about Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy? <laughs> How about all of the couples from The Big Bang Theory? Leonard and uh, Leonard and Penny, Amy and Sheldon, Bernadette mm-hmm. and Howard, and then Raj and whoever he's with. That changes whoever he's with the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anakin and Padme. Well, I would add them to my list, but all of the Anakin and Padme that we got had Hayden Christensen in it. <laughs> Patui. Patui. So Did go we ahead. say Jim and yeah. Pam? Did we? Jim and Pam? Jim and Pam. Great choice. Great choice. Ray and Ben Solo. How about Mitchell and Cameron from Modern Family? Nice. I like that. I mean, there are tons of couples in Dragon Ball Z, Vegeta and Bulma, Goku and Chi-Chi, Gohan and Videl. They definitely belong, and nerds watch them. I mean, there are tons we, of couples. Did we say Homer and Marge? You did. What about Beauty and the Beast? <laughs> oh, of course. Cinderella and Prince Charming. I mean, the uh, Disney couples alone we could talk about in their own episode. They have Pocahontas their own and John Smith. That is culturally inaccurate and historically inaccurate. Historically inaccurate. Yes. And how about the biggest, most well-known, greatest couple of all, in theory, Romeo and Juliet? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm not a fan. Realistically, their story was, was not like great. But when you, when you think about couples and you think about love and you think about culture, you got to think about Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, I mean, maybe, I guess. I, maybe it's just being biased against their stupid story. The fact that two 14-year-old kids can't get over the fact that they're... 14 and 16. 14, 16, whatever. I mean, it's like, come on, grow up. You know, killing yourself? That's not... That's not love. Well, that um, story was originally told as a, uh, like a... Tragedy. Uh, yeah. But uh, it was like a, a, a warning, like a, a story that they told kids to kind of warn them about running off because you get all hot and bothered and, you know, disobeying your parents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was meant I to mean, scare the kids. 
Yeah, I mean, there is there is no short list of perfect uh, couples to talk about in this uh, nerd culture or further on into other pop culture. But uh, we um, we are not going to do an entire season on couples or an entire three or four hour episode on couples. This is just your Valentine's Day special, mentioning some of our favorite lovebirds from from the nerd culture. Obviously. You know, we've got. If we were to rank a number one, shall we? Uh, l- let's say at the count of three, we tell we we say who our number one is. All right. All right. All right. Ready? One, two, three. Superman and Han Lois and Lane. Leia. What? Han and Leia. I gave you specifically good reasons why they are not the number one couple, and you were you were not listening. Well, it depends on what your what your criteria for this are because if you think about most recognized in nerd culture i think that there's more star wars fans than there are superman fans and i think that han and leia they're a classic iconic couple yeah they didn't have the perfect relationship but who does nobody that's who Mm. so i think han and leia has got to be the most iconic the number one well i guess list i mean Maybe I am being a little hard on them. It's not like we're doing top parents of nerd culture because they definitely would not be at the top of that list. Um, So maybe we should let the listener decide. All right? Maybe they won't even agree with either one of us. Whoever your... if, If your choice of top couple in nerd culture, please let us know. Tweet us, Facebook, email us, uh, Instagram us, however you want to get a hold of us. I anxiously await your input. Please, please let us know. Um, And uh, we will uh, post those findings at the end of this week. Uh, Maybe Saturday or Sunday we will post those findings if you let us know. Uh, However, next week we're very excited. Um, We've given you a couple weeks. Next week we're going to be talking about the DC spectacular movie, Birds of Prey. So good. uh, Very excited to talk about that. So take the time between here today and next week go watch it you will not be upset you will not you will not leave this movie like you left suicide squad i can promise you that i can you will definitely be very very satisfied absolutely um and uh thanks again to all of our patreon supporters um we actually uh we also a few months ago decided to become uh patrons of the three hours later podcast and uh they sent us a nice little gift jd um oh yeah it came in the mail in morristown uh before i moved and it just kind of got put in my moving stuff i'm going to send some of these to you it's tons of stickers of the cast of three hours later and they've been i guess the best verb is they've been star wars'd into some of their favorite characters. One of them's Baby Yoda. One of them is a Jedi. One of them's Darth Vader with his mask off. One of them is Kuil from uh, Mandalorian. Um, so I'm going to send some. I, I put some of mine on my laptop. Uh, and they also sent us a magnet. It's on the fridge here. And I'm going to send some of these to you in Morristown. So thank you three hours later. Um I'm going to be sending them a prize package. We actually got some new treats to send out to people that I think I will surprise you with. Uh, 
Uh, I'm going to send you some wait. here in the mail, uh, Dr. Davis. Uh, so, uh, anything else before we get out of here? I think that's it. I think we've we've definitely named some of the best couples that there are out there, and I anxiously await the input from the listeners. Mm-hmm. If, if there's a couple that we forgot about, let us know. Please and, do. Uh, it's been fun. Uh, it's been a little different not looking at your ugly mug, but mm-hmm. you know, we, we made it work. We did. Always make it work. Um, and uh, I guess uh, all I can say is uh, we'll catch you nerds later. We will catch you nerds later. You've been listening to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast with your hosts, Josh Davis and Tyler McDaniel. Brought to you by Advertising Expressions, Encore Theatrical Company, and Freddy Cat Productions. 30 and Nerdy is a Next Wave podcast and a Badcast Company production. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join the conversation using the hashtag 30andNerdyPod. Find us in the Pod Nation on Podchaser.com and rate this episode. Got something to say? Let us know. Email us at 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. Cheers to you, nerds. That's all, folks.